I'm Sean. I'm Sean. I'm going to be hosting this chaotic realm of this this podcast, I guess. Uh, would you two like to introduce yourself? Jared, introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, I am Jared, uh, a.k.a. or B.K.A. Jared on air. P.K.? Uh, I better known as. Oh, it's Burger King Associates, what I went with. So that's. No, that uh, was me in high school. You were uh, giving away the, the, the serial killer at Anagram, like the bind, bind, kill, torture, bind, torture, BTK, that guy. Oh, bind, torture, kill? No. Yeah, that guy. I didn't know that's what it stood for until like three years ago, by the way. Um, But uh, I am a variety streamer on YouTube, uh, potentially some other platforms here in the future. But I like movies and music and television, and that is why I am here to talk about one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I'm very excited to dive into this conversation. Uh, it should be a good one. Micah, quick turning your light on and off. Sorry, I was tr- I was doing a light check real quick. Uh, <laughs> what up? My name's Micah, a.k.a. Baby Boy LaCroix. Baby? That's what I go by it. Do you even drink That's LaCroix? What? I, what? I, it's just water. Baby uh, Boy LaCroix? <laughs> Why have I been Love calling you Micah stuff. this whole time? <laughs> Pomplemousse, that's my jam. Okay. Um, Duly noted. Uh, you can you can find me on the internet at I think it's right here, right? I'm not looking at the video. It yes, is it's right there. Your Instagram's there. Right. I don't, I don't remember which ones Sean put down there, but Instagram's down there right now. TikTok okay, will be yeah. there. Also, yes, he's also on TikTok. I am. I have one video that got 500 views. So doing pretty well you could say things are looking pretty good i also have a youtube video of a caterpillar that has fifteen thousand views i'm pretty proud of that one it is a pretty wild video you should look it up yeah i will uh yeah yeah that's all you need to know about that uh, oh yeah any any of any of the photos from that link you can order on for print just message me for details oh, including the ones of I think we're going, going to say like you can turn those into NFTs if you want or so. I don't know where you, I don't know where I thought I mean, you were going. Hey, to. I'll do that too. Let's let's get in. Let's dive into that. Who wants <laughs> Yo, to buy the dig- who wants to buy the digital rights to my Instagram? Sean, who are you? <laughs> uh, I know. I don't know what I've done. Anyway, yes, as Jared said, today we're talking about Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. Uh, as Jared said, this has been this is a favorite of his. So I'm going to let Jared start. I'm going to let Jared no, set the no, tone no, for this. No, 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 you picked, so you will be starting this conversation, well, I Jared. Go, I get to go you, last. You, no. you have to set up the pins so we can knock them down. Yes, I insist. I went. Last, I went uh, no, I went. No, I no. Went, no. I want to hear what you said. I want to hear what you guys think. I'm not going first. What do you guys Fine. Think? All right, I'll dive in. Uh, fine. I'll go. I'll go. This movie, I did not. I, I didn't dislike the movie. I absolutely did not like it as much as I did when I saw it when I was 18, and watched this movie because I think I've only seen this movie maybe twice. Um. But actually, first, let, let me dive into some info about this movie first. This movie was written and directed by Peter Sollett, which, fun fact, he is directing the Minecraft movie that's coming out soon. So I did not know that. thought that was interesting. Uh, it stars Michael Sarah and Kat Dennings. This was uh, Michael Sarah, kind of fresh off Superbad. So that was, I think that was probably my biggest pull to this movie was like, oh, it's Michael Sarah. Superbad was fresh. I liked Superbad. Obviously, I will go and see this. Uh and Kat Dennings, I don't think I heard of Kat Dennings until this, so I think this was my first exposure to Kat Dennings. Mm. 
Uh, but the IMDb synopsis, I will read that as well. High school student Nick O'Leary, member of the queer core band The Jerk Offs, meets college-bound Nora Silverberg when she asks him to be her boyfriend for five minutes. There's a lot more to this than just that synopsis, but that's a quick little, a little, a little taste, if you will, of the movie. Anyway, like I said, this movie, I was, I remember really enjoying this movie the first time that I saw it. And then I really, have, I just don't think I've watched this movie for a long time. And I was, I was just kind of, as rolling my eyes a lot at just things happening. And it could be, I felt like there's just a lot of tropes that you've seen a lot of the film now and things that it's maybe at the time, this was kind of starting that trend of how these movies go, but I don't honestly don't remember, but it was a movie I think that I got wrapped up into at that time. Cause it was something I could relate to. And it was the, you know, you're just the, the, the those meat cutes and all that stuff, you know, like I'm a sucker for that shit. I love that stuff. But I was, I was whelmed, I think, to say, to to put it nicely, I was whelmed by this movie at this point. At this point in my life, I was I was pretty whelmed with the movie. So I will that's that that that'll be my quick little bit before we dive deeper into it. But now Micah. Go ahead, take it away. So quick thoughts. What this movie this movie came out fourteen years ago. I saw it for the first time about thirteen hours ago. <laughs> Um, so, so you're, so you're this, fresh. You've at, never seen this at, at that stage in my life. The first time I saw it, um, mm-hmm. I found it very whelming. Uh, <laughs> it the, to me, I have a bunch of notes, but I'm, I can't dive into all of them right now. Um, it <laughs> felt I was surprised to find out it was written by a woman and that it's based on a book also written by a woman because the whole time I kept thinking, this feels like a dude in his late thirties who was a hipster in high school and really wanted to write a movie about himself and how his life could have gone when he was in high school and about that. And almost all of the jokes in this movie are punching at marginalized people. So I, I was very surprised to find out that it wasn't written by a straight white male in his late thirties. So that's that's the general takeaway that I got out of this. I didn't hate it, but I was a lot of the jokes. I was like, "Ooh, that that does not fly in 2022," and I'm surprised it flew in 2008. But I could see how a teenager in 2008 would find this movie endearing, but a 30 year old in 2022 did not find it endearing 13 hours ago. So that's that's my. That's so, my quick and dirty. So before, before Jared dives in, because I'm excited to hear Jared's take with all this, is I think that we're getting interesting angles of this because I've got the previous first time I saw it and then this. And it's interesting to have Micah who has not seen this at all. And so he's got no bias into this thing. And so... Well, everybody is biased. I agree. I agree. And so, but it's just interesting to hear... He, it's a fresh take. It's he's got nothing to go off of from a past experience or anything with this movie. So uh, to me, it's, it's a little more interesting. So one of the funny things, actually, I have the Sean, you'll have a reference for the size of this. Jared, you might, I have um, one of the lobby posters 
for mm. the Nick and Nora. Uh, so I, it's I don't I can't remember. It's probably in my attic, but it's like seven feet by five feet size mm. of of that movie poster. Never seen it, but I was like, I'll take it. It's a free poster. Why not? Yeah, that was that was a plus of the movie theater. A lot of good posters. Yeah. All right, Jared. I love this movie. It's it's uh, has it aged perfectly? No, there's I think there's two instances of them using the R word mm-hmm. in there, uh, which is uh, pretty out there. Um, they also refer to somebody as a Jewish American princess pretty early on, uh, which uh, is not great. It's not something that you just go around kind of throwing around. I think it's something that's typically more used within circles of Jewish folks because it's more acceptable. Mm-hmm. There, as opposed to just like you know, a non-Jewish person just calling somebody a Jewish American princess is pretty derogatory. Uh, but other than that, I I still liked it. I still loved it. Um, did I love it as much as I was when I was like eighteen? Uh, no, uh, mainly because uh, a lot of it is also unbelievable. Because we're supposed to believe these people are in high school and some of the things that they're doing uh, mm-hmm. probably couldn't get away with unless high school in New York is just significantly different than everywhere else that's ever existed on the planet uh which very well could be the case but i doubt that uh I mean, yeah big cities i could see it happening they were roughly that age michael Sarah was uh 19 and kat dennings was 21 wild so they were they were almost teenagers well i mean michael Sarah was a teenager just barely outside of high school range well yeah no i liked i loved it uh it's still a favorite of mine um so I'm I'm very curious to see you all dive into uh, what it is you didn't like about it because I I kind of get the marginalized jokes um, aspect. I want to see if there's stuff that I missed, but I do think it's interesting because this actually got nominated for a Glad Award because there was a lot of representation of specifically gay folks in this movie because it's literally Michael Sarah and a band with two other gay dudes, which is something that you didn't really see. And there are some jokes that do get made at the expense of uh, gay folks, but for the advancement of the plot so that people can call out how stupid they are and how it's kind of not a cool way of thinking, which I think is interesting, especially with the Jay Baruchel scenes, um, which is also very interesting to see him. Because this was... There was quite a few cameos in this movie that I I was surprised to see. There was quite a lot. Seth Green is one of the R-words, unfortunately. Or Seth Meyers, not Seth Green. Seth Green isn't in this movie. Uh, that I could see, uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really interested interested to hear y'all's takes because I still enjoyed it very much. I don't think so. I think my biggest takeaway from the whole thing was for me. Oh wait, hold on. Before you go okay. into this, okay, I forgot. This is the question that I do have though because I think this is very important because this isn't how I remember this movie. Probably because I just was paying more attention to the music aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But in general. How do you feel about rom-coms? Because if you don't like rom-coms, you're going to hate this movie. Because I didn't think about it as a rom-com growing up, probably because I was a teenager and I was just like in love with everything anyways. Mm-hmm. But like this is very, 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 very much a rom-com, like hardcore rom-com. Uh, and that's kind of what you're talking about with like the tropes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I I have no problem with rom-coms. I, I can do well with them i mean i couldn't sit there maybe i'll come up with an example of one that maybe sits better with me than this movie does now um and it's not something i I, no i have nothing against rom-com so it's nothing that i you know it popped up and i'm like i'm done with this movie already i went into this like hopeful thinking like man 
you know, I, I remember enjoying this a lot when I was 18 and watching this. So it's, I don't know. Which one is worse? Uh, Love Actually or Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist? Are you ready for this? I've never seen Love Actually. What? Yeah, never seen it. I like Love Actually quite a bit, but I also haven't seen it in a while. So for all I know, that hasn't aged well either. Oh, Um, yeah. Watch Love Actually. You should check that out. You know what I I do? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Sean. So I want to make sure that... Okay, so Richard Curtis. So I think Richard Curtis did... We're kind of sidetracking with this for rom-coms, but it's related. So he did... I think he did About Time. Let me double check. Oh, I love okay. It. Okay. So yeah, so he did about time. I love about time. About time was great. Um, and so, I mean, I would gauge that like, I like the story in that one a lot and things we could just sidetrack it from Nick and Nora, but, um, you know, I actually have not seen love actually. So I, this is irrelevant to me, but okay. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen Love Actually in probably eight years, so f- I'm guessing, based on your reaction, it did not age well, but at it the time not, it came out, no. I I remember enjoying it back then. There's a lot of people uh, in that one, too, so interesting. But, yeah, there's a bunch of people in that. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your earlier question, Jared, I love rom-coms, uh, just, so, just like with any other movie, if it's well-made. If it's if it's like a ham-fisted, thrown-together plot and story, like I could care less. But like, if it's a if I if the chemistry between the characters is good and the writing is good and the story you know feels unique and uh, in its own way, then I'm a big like fan the, of it. I feel like the definition of a rom-com is ham-fisted and thrown together. But and I mean, there's are way, based like, off of like meat cutes usually, and the meat cute is not like a well-crafted story, right? Well, no, but I'm saying like I so for instance. Um, we, Karen and I just watched uh, one last night that I think is new. Or was that last night? Maybe that was two nights ago. Um, it's with Charlie Day and yeah, mm-hmm. it's like Take Me Back or something called. like that. Yeah, Take Take Me Back. Yeah, and then they're trying to convince their mm-hmm. exes to get back together with them. Perfectly mm-hmm. fine. I, like it wasn't bad, wasn't great. But so then something like Sean said um, about time. I thought that so that's a really good rom-com or um what if i think with daniel radcliffe i thought mm-hmm. that was a really good um, what if oh that's a great one um so it's just like if it's got something a little more unique to it or just the chemistry between them is the good part or the the back and forth conversation like that's really what i like about it if it's feels believable and unique and so i don't know it if it's if it's like a cookie cutter rom com, I'm less likely to enjoy it. But if it's kind of got some some f- edges to it that are different, I'm usually a big fan of it. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from the movie was Michael Sarah and Kate Denning saved this movie for me because when they were interacting and whatnot, I was enjoying their chemistry and whatnot, talking and like they felt real. They felt just kind of bullshitting and stuff. Like any movie that can kind of pull that back and forth off naturally i always appreciate because that stuff is so hard to (laughs) one it's hard to write it's hard to do you know it's to make it convincing it's it's difficult so i always appreciate that so they saved the movie for me at this point in my life um i kind of get what you're saying with how rom-coms are kind of ham-fisted and whatnot and i think maybe i i could just i'm just coming at this from a different angle at this point in my life because i mean i'm going to use about time as an example like about times meet cute is just there's just something endearing with how the movie did their did everything and i'm 
honestly, I like want to go watch more rom-coms now because I just don't have examples ready to go in my brain of like what felt off with this movie for me. And I think a lot of it was. I didn't find it very funny. I didn't. I don't think I laughed at the whole movie. I thought all, most of the jokes were just kind of fell flat or were outdated to a point that I thought it was just like meh. Um, I, there, there was. Um, I, I wouldn't say I, I. I did find parts funny. I wasn't just like sitting there just watching the movie and like nothing happening or whatnot. But um, yeah, it's. I, I kind of feel kind of when I, I put that this was the person that wrote this. Or I'm going to butcher the show. I mean, Lauren Loreen Scafari. This was her first major screenplay. According to IMDb, I'm just, you know, obviously she did other stuff. Also the person um, for this and whatnot, but first major credited one. And it just like, you go. things felt off and I don't know what it was. It's, um, what's the, uh, I know it was part of the joke, but I put the, uh, wow, thanks I'm cured with being depressed. And it was somebody about, I cannot remember the characters. Someone was talking about being depressed and it was essentially like, well, just don't be depressed. And they were just like, Oh, okay. And I don't know if it was jokingly saying it that way, or just, uh, I want to say it was Kat Dennings and her friend when they were in the hallway talking or something. I can't remember exactly, but it was mm-hmm. just, I don't know. It's like, I'm like losing my thought with this because I had it with the screenwriting. And I know Micah was touching on that a little bit, but. So um, some of the instances of jokes that really kind of soured it for me. Yeah. I don't know when you want to dive uh, or jump in or. They, so there's one joke they made at the expense of Amy Winehouse about her being just like, Oh yeah. Look at you, Amy Winehouse, because she was being a sloppy drunk going around the city. And it's just like that. He asked her if he found Winehouse because he was talking about her friend. Right, the drunk one, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I, that was three years before she died, but I mean, that she would have been 23, Amy Winehouse would have been 23 at the time, so they're making fun of a 23-year-old with an addiction problem. Well, which what, was, I, I didn't, what was Amy Winehouse's big hit? Rehab, I know, but... Oh, timely, it makes sense. Time, I don't yeah, think it's, I don't think it's so much them making the expense i think it's more of a time-based joke but i can see yeah. how nowadays you would go that far as to take it to i think it's just part. one of those things where it's like i don't like what if somebody were just to be make a joke and like they saw someone strung out on the ground and they're like oh, look at you demi lovato just like that wouldn't land just because she has a heroin problem you know what i mean like it just feels a little bit tasteless to be like let's make fun of the celebrity with a with a substance abuse issue did we know that much about Amy's substance abuse problem at that point? Clearly, I mean, clearly, if they were making a joke out of it, it was a public piece of knowledge. Yeah, but that's kind of my argument, is I think it was a joke about the song, Rehab, which is about somebody who needed to go back to rehab because they drank a lot because Amy Whitehouse wrote it. I mean, it's, this is like a time-based argument, so we would have to transport ourselves back into there for the joke to be relatable but i don't know if it was so much as taking a direct shot at winehouse so i mean that i guess that was a minor one another like you said earlier i thought a lot of the jokes about being gay felt a bit i I, you know it's it's hard to speak to from the straight male perspective like i i don't know which jokes art would be considered offensive to somebody who was gay so like they made the one about like one of the dudes was just like oh we're all ladies here 
and I didn't think that uh, maybe somebody who was gay wouldn't find that offensive, but I, as an outsider to the being gay world, like I didn't, I, I thought that seemed like it was offensive. And there was a couple other ones in there that just didn't feel, they didn't sit with me right. They had another I'll, I'll one. I argue that one's a relatively harmless one. I think that's just kind of common. They had another joke too that was like when they were t- talking about getting the drunk friend into the back of the van mm-hmm. and, and, she was like take good care of her like nothing bad better happen and then michael sarah says um trigger warning about assault if anyone is uh triggered by that um he says don't worry if anyone is gonna get raped in there it's a guy i remember that just like uh, that was another one i was just like that feels cringy to me uh so i mean it just it's little tiny bits like that where it was just like it felt a little scattered with these jokes that a I didn't find funny and b were borderline like this feels a little offensive. Um, so I can see that one uh, hitting the wrong way. Yeah, I think there are some jokes in there that maybe are a little bit hard to decipher. Like some of the, I think maybe some of the stuff you're talking about in reference to uh, gay people might just be a little less worrisome than you think they are just because like the like him saying raw ladies in here i don't think is problematic i the uh, only the reason all. i find it problematic problematic is because i don't i think that's really stereotypical i think it's like uh, you know not every gay man is like you know obsessed with you know like overall ladies i'm a girl i have a female persona like you know sometimes just like oh yeah i'm i'm just a gay man anyway let's watch the super bowl this is really great i love sport you know it's just like it felt very like to be a gay man means you have to be super feminine or um not manly or whatever that means you know what i mean Uh, and i feel like that is pretty stereotypical that feels like a heavy burden to place on one character in a movie to kind of represent all gay people. Mm-hmm. I yeah, feel like if you, it mean, feels like everyone is ladies, then sure, but like we're all ladies in here references two characters within the van. No, that's true. I'm trying to remember I mean, too. I, I, I get y'all don't like this movie, and I do. I do think it's really interesting kind of how the perspectives that you're bringing to it, but I don't know. That just feels like a really, really deep uh burden to put on put on one character within a movie who's speaking about two people within one scene no and that's that's fair the joke in the van that michael Sarah made that one like i don't even know at the time how that joke would have landed um but it's definitely a a hundred percent different climate for that kind of joke yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so like that one didn't sit with me there was the the people when they get in the town and this is just me picking these two like these were the two jokes that like did not Mm -hmm. don't land now was that one obviously and then the people getting in and and to kind of go more into this just like not like i'm just shitting on this movie or something like that but it's just this was made in 2008 this was a different climate and everything so it's you know some of that stuff kind of i'm not saying it's right i'm not saying you know like i'm the uh person that can uh decide whether what's good or bad kind of thing but um when they get in the back of the taxi and the two couple are talking and the i love you so much it's and he says i won't say it but he says the r word and it's just kind of like like i, I don't 
I don't understand like the, the choice with that, I, you know, I, but again, I, it's me kind of like getting into just things of that movie that just did not age well for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would that was definitely a thing of the times for sure. No, they, I mean, they, they dropped the word twice and mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah, Jane yeah. drops the other one. Okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, have you like, we were, we were in like high school when this came out, right? Cause it's 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think back to our high school hallways. Uh, you literally couldn't walk one foot without hearing that word. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was just so socially acceptable at the time. Right. Why and, now and, it doesn't age well. And, and I think that's why it's like, again, because I have zero connotation with having an enjoyment of this as a teenager, like going in, I, I have no way to go in it in a different climate than the one we're in now. So it's like, it's just hard for me when it's just like I, every seven minutes is something that felt a bit outdated to me. And then it's just like I'm ha- I was having a hard time buying into like an endearing aspect of it because before it could get to anything that was a little endearing, there'd be something that was not endearing. And then I'd be like, Ugh. and then I just would like sit on that little bit of a sour taste for a bit. Again, didn't hate the movie. Just I also didn't really have strong positives, really. It was just kind of like, all right, that was that was definitely a movie I watched. Mm hmm. I do think um, I, I liked, uh, I mean, I kind of talked about it a little bit before too with Dennings and Sarah, like their interactions. I, the little moments between those two, I, I enjoy that stuff. I, it's, you know, it's like the Jim Pam of the office kind of thing. Like I, I like those little subtleties between the two and things like that. So like, I think that's where that was the 18 year old me like loving that stuff. Cause I was a sucker for all of that kind of stuff in movies and uh, just the kind of outcast type of mentality with thinking, not thinking no one likes me or something like that, but you know, wanting to find somebody that's right for me or something. Uh, and I, the movie kind of touches on that a little bit. Um, it's just uh, a, a good positive with this. That I will say is that the soundtrack of this movie is great. I do love all the music that popped up in this movie. I loved the uh, they had a scene with Ratatat. Ratatat scene yeah, was, when they, was great. When they walk into the club, they're playing yeah. Ratatat. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote down they got Vampire Weekend. I like Vampire Weekend, and they got Rogue Wave. I like Rogue Wave a lot, so that was cool to hear I them in there. To Rogue Wave. Yeah, I've got an album of theirs that I enjoy a lot, um, but it was cool to hear them. Um, and then honestly, all the other stuff. I, there really wasn't like a song that popped up that I was just kind of like, eh, no, thank you. But um, the theme song is "Lover" by Devinder Banhart. And he is actually the dude who buys beer um, after Cat and uh, Tris oh. and the Mart. Oh, okay. The guy with like the um, the sweater and that hat. That's mm-hmm. that's actually Avenger Banhart. Oh, okay. So you still like this movie, Jared? And so, like, mm-hmm. is that coming from? Do you think that's coming from liking it when you were younger, or is it something that like? It, what is it that's in this that really makes it? stand out to you and enjoy it a lot i guess is where i'm curious there's definitely some nostalgia in there because i this was like literally one of my favorite movies for the longest time like mm-hmm. probably until i saw like a bunch of wes anderson films um <laughs> i do like the story i i think the music aspect of it is what drew me in so hard because it is based around music so much him being in a band her dad being the owner of electric lady studios the soundtrack just being unbelievable. I mean, it had a Band of Horses song in there that I'd never heard, and I thought I'd heard every Band of Horses song ever by that time. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know. I like the story. Uh, it's very cheesy, um, but I did like it. Uh, 
them trying to like figure out how they can keep the charade up for an entire night in New York, I think is interesting. Uh, I think the main villain, which is probably Triss, I don't think that's arguable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's incredibly annoying. I think they could have <laughs> probably written her out of the story a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. I don't think the ending is great. The ending is not as great as I remember it being um, with them just like finding their way back and them having to like choose between their two former partners when the decision for them had already been made. I don't think we needed to see that scene. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. I liked it. Uh, one, I mean, one thing I didn't know until yesterday was the scene with Kevin Gorgon and Ari Grainer in the subway. Um, apparently, Kevin decided that his character wasn't going to talk. Like, he just made that character decision. And so she had to ad-lib her whole little speech about getting drunk, going back home, and making a turkey sandwich. Like, that oh. was all made up. Oh, okay. Um, I think the decision for his character to not talk was an incredible decision. I think that was a very, very funny scene. Um, also, I think when I was younger, I think the just cameos in this movie also just made me love it because there are a lot of people in this movie. Um, I mean, even the dude who plays Jesus is Eddie K. Thomas from American Pie. Mm. Like, that's another, like, you don't really see it. You can only, like, barely see it, I think, in the eyes Unless you like look at the IMDb, because uh, he's wearing a full-on Jesus costume with the yeah. beard and all. Yeah. Um. But uh, I had to look that up. Um. Frankie Faison is in there. Seth Meyers. Andy uh, Samberg. Who, Andy Samberg. Yeah. The people who wrote it are in the Greek deli, sitting in the table behind Cat Dennings. Apparently. Okay. Um. I mean, I wasn't gonna know what the writers of the movie look like. I had to find that out yesterday, mm-hmm. um, but they threw them in there. They, I mean, they had artist cameos in there, like with Devendra and I guess Bishop Allen was like, they were popular. Yeah. I, I had to look them up. I never listened I didn't to really, them. Yeah. I didn't really get into them. So I don't really think of it as like being a cool cameo, but I mean, I guess if you're into that kind of music, then they that was were a big there. deal. Yeah. Did you um, already mention um John Cho was in no, it? No, mm-hmm. yeah, no, John mm-hmm. Cho was in there too. He had a very weird role. That was um, yeah. I mean, uh Jay Baruchel was also, I think, in an opinion, a, a decent kid at that time. Uh he wasn't huge. This movie came out right after Knocked Up though, which I found pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Um and right before I think it's what is this what's his like breakout movie like she's out of my league or whatever that movie is mm-hmm. I think. Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. this was like right before that so it was after knocked up before that and this was also before um youth and revolt oh okay um which is interesting because the dude who plays lothario aka beefy guy he has like four credits in his whole life and one of them is this movie the other one is youth and revolt, revolt. and then he's like his most recent thing was he was in the gossip girl reboot last year um i would have thought he would have been in a lot more stuff so i'm actually much more interested in his story as to why there was such a hiatus between uh roles Mm -hmm. um but in four of his credits two of them are with michael Sarah and ari grainer which is kind of interesting um dave baruchel was actually in almost famous and million dollar baby he was yeah, Before he's. This came out. I don't remember his role in Almost Famous. Like I saw his credit, but I don't remember how he, much he was in it. 
he's the kid when they go to the hotel the first time he goes to meet them at the hotel he's the kid that's like i got led zeppelin's signature he's like they're at the band and he's like he's just obsessed with led zeppelin that's that's Mm. that's his character it's not that long it's it's still like minor oh very minor yeah like his his first big role i think when i look was probably knocked up like i think what about he was in million dollar baby i don't know i haven't seen that i don't know if was that a big role I have no. I seen that movie. Was yeah. I've seen that movie once, and okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I would. I would argue he's like a like a B level character of Knocked Up. Like I think he's secondary to Seth Rogen and Mm -hmm. Catherine Heigl because he's he's one of the he's one of the like friend group. Yeah. Maybe maybe C with like the middle reserved for uh, what's the tall dude's name? Jason. Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yeah, I forgot his last name for a second. (laughs) Um. But yeah, like I mean, he was uh, he was also semi featured in this, uh, but his first like probably like I am the star role I think was probably she's out of my league. Yeah, which uh, came at the same time as How to Train Your Dragon, mm. which he was, uh, he was also okay. the lead there. Yeah, yeah, which is another interesting thing because he's VA in that, so it's like major, but also still kind of right, secondary. Right. Um, and maybe not recognizable to yeah, everyone. like. If you're, if you're like you're usually not going to notice your voice actors on the street unless you take time to find out who they are. He's got um, a he's got a distinct voice, I think, where I like I hear it and it's like, man, that sounds like yeah. you know, that's like him and uh, I remember T.J. Miller because that's how when we he came to the theater, I was like, oh my god, that's T.J. Like T.J. Miller's got a distinct voice and I just know he's it. So about not aging well, my goodness. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, very much so. Um, I did think on um, since we're talking about Jay, uh is it Baruchel? Baruchel? Baruchel. Baruchel. Man, I got to rewire my fucking brain now. Jay Baruchel. It's like Uh, Bechamel. Baruchel. Baruchel. That doesn't help me, Micah. You just made made it worse, actually. Jay Baruchel. uh, Wait. Uh, I thought, to me, it was weird because he's kind of like, you know, I think of like Hiccup and like he's kind of like a dorky dude. And in this, he was just like, yeah, what's like, what the fuck's up, man? How you doing? Like he's fucking slick and smooth. And that's just absolutely not how i picture jay he was his voice was unrecognizable in this to me i I kept that was my biggest takeaway the whole time was just like oh damn that he is not that is not the way he sounds like normally Mm -hmm. how many of us uh unfortunately did the same outfit combo as him though around those times untucked t-shirt and the loose tie (laughs) i uh... or untucked button up sorry not untucked t-shirt untucked button up that's very important I, I probably did that. I probably did at some point. Oh, uh, I absolutely did it. I was. I didn't do the leather jacket. I wish I could have done a leather jacket. It's so cool. I don't. I. I don't like leather jackets. I've never liked leather jackets. I don't think I have anything leather. So yeah, I don't know. But no, I weirdly enough did not do uh, a whole lot of that. I honestly, I don't think the clothes could fit me that nicely. Where it would, like it would look nice. It'd be like just I look like a <laughs> fucking slob, you know. And so I wouldn't be able to pull it off. Yeah, I threw a sweater over it like the other dude in his band, and then mm. I would just uh, mm. keep the tie loose. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's probably pictures of the internet on the internet of me doing that exact outfit somewhere. <laughs> Unfortunately. I think you mean fortunately. It's a good thing. Sign of the times, though. It was. Let me. Um, I'm kind of curious too because this 500 Days of Summer just popped in my head too. This, and I don't remember when that came out. That you know, would have been. I wanted to watch after this. That was. Is, 2009 score. Like 2009 wasn't it yeah it was what'd you say jared i wanted to watch the perfect score after this i've never seen 
Or have you never seen the perfect score? I uh, is either. No. It's the, it's the movie where they steal the SAT scores. Oh, uh, no, Scott, no. A young Scott Johansson, a young Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, what's I, her name? The chick, Erica Christensen. Uh, yeah. And uh, Aaron Yu, who was also in this movie. I remember. I remember no, the movie, but never uh, saw it. I wondered Nam in this one. Um, uh, but I wanted to watch this because I think it was a, this is 2004. It just reminded me of that same like kind of like geeky, unlikely scenario mm-hmm. film. There's just like the same time I think I was into this kind of stuff. Yeah. Also a really good cast. It is a pretty solid cast. Matthew Lillard. I think it was also Darius Miles' first um, acting credit. And mm-hmm. obviously I was super into basketball. Yeah, I don't know. This this movie just like transported me back to those times where like you would watch obviously cheesy movies, but they seemed good. And I like I I'm not I'm not trying I, I know like I know you know I'm not trying to like sway you and like you shouldn't be liking this or anything of that nature. So I think oh, it's yeah, just it's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> and I and I would never do that. Like I you know if you if you enjoy the movie you enjoy the movie and that's I'm happy with that. It's uh it's interesting. Uh, this is kind of what I'm excited to do with what we're doing on the podcast of coming back to some of these where like, I I do remember like just, I really had no complaints with the movie. I remember the first time watching this and it's just, this movie has sat with me differently now. And it's, um, I mean, that's kind of the interesting part with movies and things like this too, because movies don't change, but we change. And so it's interesting, just these experiences kind of coming up and, doing um you know like this happening for us and i know michael's experience is different with mine just because michael's never seen which i think that is an interesting viewpoint into this also um i mean uh, <laughs> what we were talking about it, the same thing i think in my mind that popped up is like if you had taken somebody who'd never seen the office and you showed it to them now they'd think it was the worst show ever made like early seasons of the I, office I, there are things in there oh that there's are horrendous like stuff that you would be like holy shit I cannot believe they put this on TV and we laughed at it at one point. Mm-hmm. That's the. But I uh, think th- there's still kids today who are getting into The Office because of like Netflix, whereas I don't think kids today would just like turn on Nick and Nora and be like, "Oh man, what a good classic movie." Whereas I oh, think, yeah, I know there's pe- kids who get into The Office because I'll talk to people who are younger than me and they're like, "I can't believe you like The Office," because <laughs> and they'll point out all the terrible jokes oh, that are in it, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh yeah." I mean, yeah, they said that. Oh, yeah, they said that. Uh, uh, yeah, there was that joke too. And it's like, man, Michael Scott is a terrible character. Um, but like, that's one of the reasons that actually kind of, it didn't ruin The Office for me, but like kind of did a reality check for me on The Office is because when I was like working in an actual office, mm-hmm. uh, I would make a lot of office jokes and there, there are people in The Office who are like, oh man, I can't believe you like that show. Like, what are you talking about? The Office is perfect. And they would list off like, a bunch of jokes. I was like, okay, the office isn't perfect. Mm. Uh, and I had to like confront that. And I remember there were days where I would like actually like fight because the office is just so integral. to like who I was growing up and like my like sense of comedy that I just wanted to pretend there was nothing wrong with it. And then I had to actually have that realization where it's like, yeah, no, this is very much writing of the times and it is terrible and it does not, it cannot fly anymore. And it shouldn't fly anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, the office is, really bad 
What did uh, Scott just wrote? Uh, Y'all wouldn't have had this issue if the Fun for the Wilder people would have won. Uh, that would have been just, yeah, uh, all around praise, I would um, I would argue. Like, there would really be... It would just be us yeah. sitting there, like, going through the movie and saying that part was great. And then, yeah. you know, maybe touched on some things that hit different for some of us or something. But I not that... would just try to find a bunch of trivia about it and talk about that. Mm, which, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say down the road. If we end up watching, I won't be mad, so... I do yeah. like I do love that movie. I, I mean I have a couple other like observations of things that aren't really integral to anything. Like mm-hmm. when they pull the U-turn on the highway, you can tell both the people in the car are stuntmen. It's just it's it's such a bad like <laughs> they did nothing to hide the fact that it was stunt people. Um but I oh also another comment that doesn't really matter that scene where she throws up into the toilet and then eats the gum out of it was fucking gnarly. I hated that. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't watch it. <laughs> I, remember, I remember I couldn't watch it when it happened. And I still couldn't watch it today. Yeah. Um, oh man, I watched so it. My, the the major one last comment I have is that um, it's definitely also it feels very teenagery from the viewpoint of like the whole movie takes place over the span of four hours. And so at the start of the four hours, Michael Sarah's infatuated with this person over here. And at the end of the four hours, he's like fully in love with this girl over here, which is like very flippantly teenager, just like, Oh, I'm a fickle. I love this. Oh, now I love this person. And, Oh, and it's just like the emotions were not really there in the first place. It was just like this infatuation, which is, I mean, obviously adults can still be infatuated and, and flippant like that, but Oh, yeah. It was we also very much light movies. Yeah, it was very. Uh, uh, what word am I looking for? It, it 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 fits the role of like what a teenager would experience a lot more than it fits the role of something that a, a reality uh, uh, hardened thirty year old would go through. So yeah, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go. Sorry. Mine's my. I was literally just say every other comment I have is just random observations that aren't anything about the movie, so or oh. anything integral to the movie. Uh, the, the one little nitpicky, and it's not even like a bad thing or a good thing or anything, but I just thought it was hilarious because I know of driving in Chicago how awful traffic is and things like and parking and whatnot. And I thought it was hilarious when they pulled up to some like nightclub where there's a shit ton of people lined up and he just they, pulled, they pulled up to the, the Bowery Ballroom yeah, and just yeah. found a yeah. yeah I was like there is this has taken me out of the I, I, they lost me at that no it wasn't that bad but I was just laughing because it was like no fucking way like I don't know it just like that cracked me up but I, you know what I tell Amber this all the time we have to suspend our disbelief we have to just take the movie for what it is you know it's just accept these some of these things and so at that moment, I suspended my disbelief, Where and I, I assumed he found parking. Was also a driving thing. Um, was when he pulled up to the river, and she got out and started dancing, and she got on the hood of the car. I was like, "There's no fucking way she's gonna dance on the hood of the car. That hood is so hot." Because he's been driving for <laughs> so true. long. He's been driving for so That's long the, on the highway. Yeah, and no that car pop on there. Yeah, and that car's know. a piece of shit too. So you know, there's yeah. no insulation. Yeah. It would have dented, and she would have scalded her knees and her shins and her palms of her yeah. hand. She's suffering like second degree burns easily by dancing on the hood of a hot Yugo that's been driving around for you know an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was my finally no more suspending disbelief. <laughs> Um, despite, I, am, I mean, I that happened back. at like minute 136 of the movie. 
or hour 36 of the movie so it took me it took me that long to get there also it was a huge dick move of him to just like just leave the, yeah i know a, a, a teenage yeah. woman oh, down that was, by the that, river in that, new york that river was, in the middle of the night three in the morning that was out, but you know that was my favorite so is it tris is that the blonde friend yeah her name's tris yeah. so she she runs out of the van she thinks she's been kidnapped and the guy oh, the, no, and the, no that's not tris that's um uh her that's ari grainer in real life but i, for, I already forget her character name that's a that's a different person tris is his ex-girlfriend oh okay sorry sorry so the the friend of kat denning's character of nora they uh so she just like leaves and they i can't remember why he calls them to like see what's going on and they're just like yeah i don't know she she's gone like she like we lost her and they're just and then they just went and got food and i'm like you lose a person like a friend or somebody that you're supposed to take care of in fucking New York city at one in the morning. And you're just so blase. Like, yeah, I don't know. They're live. We lost them. They're gone. And it's just like, no way. There's just that. That that was the delivery of a very great line though. When he was like, yeah, we lost her. He's like, what do you mean? We lost her. He's like, I don't know, man. She just left. And he just goes, that is unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, uh, what is he taking acting lessons from Jason Bateman? Like, what is this? Yeah, he probably he he was he probably was from Arrested Development. Oh, that's right. He probably was taking it from Arrested. From yeah. Like, wait, what's the timing of this movie actually? Between this was, those two. I think Arrested uh, Development. Was Arrested two, Development would have been like two thousand earlier. Yeah, like two thousand five to two thousand eight, two thousand or maybe two thousand six. I don't know. Arrested Development. Wow. First release was two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. So yeah, way there is like a young boy. Like he's like kind of he's got some chub on him and he's shorter. Like he's that's definitely when he was thirteen or so. I cannot believe I was watching that show in two thousand and three. I mean, you were an early adopter. I was a. Uh... Oh yeah, no, we watched uh, me. I this is one of my favorite shows because it reminds me of my brothers. My brothers and I watched this show um, when it started. Um, hmm. On Fox, I remember I remember crowding around my kitchen TV watching Rest Development with my brothers and laughing our asses off because it's uh, some of the best comedy writing I think we're ever going to get, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, no, Rest Development holds a very, very special place in my heart because it reminds me of my my family. Hmm. Um, so it's it's like kind of wild to think that I was laughing at those jokes that long ago. Mm hmm. 2003 literally feels like another life. It does. It does. That, well, 2003 was only like five years ago. So <laughs> it's, you know, that's where my brain sits with, with time and the years. Yeah, that's a good, that is a good point. He probably did pick up some of that um, straight face slapstickiness from, uh, from mm. old Jason. Mm. I don't have any other notes on I was gonna see my if, take if on this. Had, so. If you guys didn't have any other notes, if you guys wanted to start digging into some uh, box office trivia... I am. I'm. Well, uh, yeah. Start with this movie because then we can get our groundings of. Right. Yeah. So, so we, I want you guys to guess the budget and the gross for this movie. I don't think it made a lot of money. I think budget. I'm gonna go twenty, twenty five. I'm gonna go twenty, and then gross. I will go. I'll go. I'll go forty. Already looked. So you no. can go ahead. God uh, damn it! Budget, budget was ten million. And all all of the my grosses I collected are global, not domestic. Okay, uh, it made thirty four million. Mm, okay, so it tri- it tripled its its 
budget, which is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Which, considering how much New York filming they had to do, that's actually really good. That's, that's pretty impressive. One of, one of uh, my other notes was it's a really, really cheesy uh, love note to New York. Because, um, like, the way they shoot it, it's like they try to make sure you get all of these side scape views of the city mm. um, even at the very very end caroline screams out i love new york city and i think it tried to kind of play with our illusion of like oh new york city is this place where amazing things has happened or even like a secret concert can take place in the top of a roof at 5 a.m on a saturday morning right yeah um and uh, what a vibrant city I, I I mean, this was not my experience of my one month in New York or the <laughs> few times I have visited New York. Like, can cool things happen there? Sure. But is it like this intense? Uh, no. Um, also, I I guess my first inability to suspend disbelief actually was the high school thing. Because I just, man, I just, I can't imagine like being a high schooler and going to like New York nightclubs. Yeah. Uh, like on Friday nights. That's I have that problem with just about any movie dealing with high school. Honestly, that's just I I I don't know if I've ever seen a movie where it's like, wow, that's just like high school for me. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, always, it's always like, look at this. Look oh, I'm, at this I'm sure with with 300 people at this person's house who just left mm-hmm. their parents left them with an open bar and and well, that, 19 that, kegs. I did have uh, that happen with me. That was my house yeah, once. I, did I, not, I, I, I will tell you that that, had, that is not that. With like that many people though, where there's yes, like... Yes, actually. Growing, have, growing, up in a, growing up in a extremely rich part of the country where people's parents would literally go out of town all the time. Yes, I have been to a few house parties with that many people and like actual, like not 18 kegs, but like kegs and like a just ridiculous sea of liquor and a bunch of beer. That is actually not that unreal. While but, you were while you were in high school? Yeah. But like I mean this is this is also this is also people who are absurdly rich. Like this isn't this isn't happening everywhere. Well I I, I guess that would stand that it would be able to happen in LA and New York too then because there's absurdly rich people there. So all you really need is to have a rich neighborhood in a big city and, and then it's like more possible than I guess I could yeah. have imagined. Growing yeah. up in in Northwest Indiana, I would say I never experienced that. And even the people I know who did party hard and do a bunch of sh- drugs and drink a bunch in high school, like the biggest party I know of was like a costume party that had like twenty people and it, it got busted and like, th- and that's not even that big, you know what I mean? So I, but I mean, I stand corrected. Maybe there were a uh, lot more rich kegger 17 year old crazy parties than i was aware of i mean the 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 circumstances just have to be you know very very particular um, in order for that stuff to take place i i just want to clarify that i i have not been to one of those so that was that that was me just bullshitting okay i I really did it's like damn i can't believe sean has been one of those no i guess they i guess it was a part of the book maybe but they didn't really explain this in the movie. Um, but like the the reason why they were at a Catholic school is because I guess Nora wanted to go to school wherever Caroline was, and Caroline's behavior kept on getting her kicked out of all of her other schools. And mm-hmm. so that's how they ended up at that private school, and that's how they ended up meeting Tris. Okay. Yeah, I guess they don't really touch in on how they all I mean, besides just being at school together and stuff like that. We also never see I mean, we see a picture of her dad. 
but like we never see Nick's parents, we never see Caroline's parents, we never see we never see anybody's parents in the film except for that one picture of uh, what's his name, Iris Silver, whatever I forget I, I already. Um, but I mean, also, I would imagine that the owner of Electric Lady Studios is also very rich, so that would explain some of the mm. stuff that she's able to do. Oh, that was the other thing is um, Tris following them around in an actual cab for like multiple multiple city blocks and just like trying to imagine like a high school me being able to pay for a cab ride (laughs) that also continuously ran while i was in a store having a conversation with someone like that's like a 300 400 cab ride and we're just supposed to think this high schooler just like yep here you go see you later cabbie i i tried to spend my disbelief and it just got harder and harder as the movie went on jared that that was cat dennings who did that no, no, that, that was, was Tris. Played Tris. Oh, okay. Cat yeah. never yeah. got a cab because she was either riding in the van with them or riding right, in right, the go okay. with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael. All right, yeah, so that, I gave you the the stats mm-hmm. on that one. Yep, yep. Uh, so unfortunately, I I what I collected was budget, the gro- global gross, and then I have the domestic rank of how uh, how it fared. Okay. Because uh, yeah, they didn't have they didn't have the global rank of of how much it made they only had the domestic rank so this was domestically the 95th highest grossing movie mm, of that year um but globally it, so, so like some of these numbers for instance are going to be a bit off because um one of them for instance is like domestically it's in like the 40s but it makes way less movie than this other way less money globally than this other one that was like on a different domestic i don't know it's weird anyway so if there's any discrepancy that's why so the number one movie globally that year was the dark knight oh wow uh that was number one uh it do you guys want to guess on the budget or gross for that one it's pretty crazy and not relatable to nick and nora but do we not do the dark knight last time we guessed these no we were doing it by so. year. I think we were doing it by the year. Yeah, and that yeah, one was four. I want to say for the last one. Yeah, or was yeah. it two thousand seven? Two thousand four, I think. Okay. Or no, I think maybe two thousand seven. But yeah, no, Dark Knight was not on there. Um. Yeah, I'll do budget, but I think budget. I'm budget. I'm gonna guess two hundred. No, I'll guess one fifty. And then, God, I don't even know about box office, but uh, I'll go six hundred million. I'm gonna go 100, 500. Uh, budget budget was 185. Okay, hold on. Wait, box office. I'm thinking Batman Begins. So this is Dark Knight. So it's established. So there was hype. I'm gonna guess one point. I'll do one point three billion. And Jared, you're, are you sticking with 500? Yeah, 100, 500. Uh, the global gross was one billion four thousand dollars. Just over one billion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I, I want to say domestically it was closer to 500 million. What was the okay. budget again? Budget was 185. 185. Okay. okay. So okay. you make 200. Uh, yeah. So now, just for reference, that that was the number one uh, globe movie. Number two was Iron Man. Mm, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. What a year. Like, uh, well, this is, and uh, this was before the MCU was even like 
Yeah, they, they, they had the DC was the best universe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this was like the idea was there, but they're like, okay, we got to do this now. And so, right. like, you know, I think we we're all in the mindset of what Marvel is now. So this was okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So, so, so I, but budget and gross for that one. I want to see what you guys say because Dark Knight was the but, number one budget. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess eighty. Meh. Yeah, I'll say 80 because I don't think Disney didn't have them then. So it wasn't like astronomical budgets and things for these movies, I think, at this point. Actually, who did make it then? It was still Marvel Studios, but it wasn't part of Disney. Disney didn't own Marvel at that point, I think. Okay, so Marvel Studios is established at that point. Yeah, I think think it it was was through Paramount, actually. Okay. Ah, okay. Okay. See, Iron. Oh, wait. Well, I can look this out. Look at the budget. Uh, okay, yeah, so I'll say, I'm gonna say, fuck, I'll just do 100, fuck it. And then budget or uh, gross domestic, I'll guess five, 600, 600 million. Uh, I'll do 150, 800. Uh, Sean wins this one. It was 140 budget, 585 million gross. Mm, nice. I was not expecting it to be that much lower than Dark Knight. Yeah, made half as much as Dark Knight, but that's again that's looking at it from today's lens, where every mm-hmm. Marvel movie makes a billion dollars. I pictures Marvel Enterprises, Marvel Studios. Yeah. I do remember hearing a lot about. I like people. I remember my parents going to see it, and they were like, "Iron Man was great." You got because it was just kind of like I knew of Iron Man. Yeah. Didn't, didn't know, I mean, now it's we're in this whole different world with it and things, but that is interesting. So. That was when the when the theater in Valpo opened. Um, yeah, that was, I, the, that was the movie that the employees got to see for free before the before it came out. That's cool. Um. All right. Let's see. More, a little more comparable now. Uh, another movie that came out that year was Role Models. Mm. Jared loves Role Models. Role Models was funny. I do remember watching that movie a bunch and laughing a bunch. Of course, he has a turtle. <laughs> uh, budget, I'll go twenty-five. Um, I feel like it's going to be less, but I'll stick with twenty-five. Jared, do you want to go first? I keep going first with these, and I know we had this still on the last time. Sorry, I'm thinking about iconic role model lines. Oh, uh, <laughs> you white, you Ben Affleck, and uh, whatever reindeer <laughs> games. Uh, but um. I mean, it's a comedy, so as we've learned, comedies are low. Mm-hmm. Um, role models. I mean, outside of the the bull costume, I can't really imagine the in the monster truck. I can't really imagine what else they would have spent money on. So, probably like what fifteen, um, budget, and then box office. One, yeah, I'll go one seventy five, maybe. I'm gonna go one. I'll go 150 on the box office. All right, uh, you guys both way overshot the but uh, the uh, gross. Oh, okay. Uh, budget, you both were a little closer. Uh, it was 28 million for the budget. Huh. Okay. 90, 93 million Damn, for the gross. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now moving on to Marley and me. Oh fuck Christmas! So that came. Out, I remember that came out during Christmas. So that's gonna be. Oh okay, that'll play a big factor. Yeah, that'll be big with box office. Um, budget. Man, and Jennifer Aniston. I think Owen Wilson was 
kind of a big grab at that point too. I mean, he still kind so of is. But was twenty eight million on the budget. Yes. That feels like a lot of money. That's, that's pretty expensive for a comedy. Yeah. I'm going to go I think, 20. I think there were some pyrotechnics in there, so maybe that's what it is. I'll do 25 for budget. I'll do I'll do 120 for box office. I'm going to go like 12 for budget, and then I'll go 110 for box office. All right. Uh, you guys might find this one a little interesting. The budget for Marlon and me, sixty million. <laughs> what? I mean, I guess training the dogs and stuff. I don't know. Still too much money. Yeah. Uh, the the gross, two fifty six. Damn. Two fifty six. Wow. That's that crazy. One, that one was yeah. a big Christmas hit. Yeah, I do remember. I was I was shocked to find out it made that amount of money. Mm. Yeah. Goddamn. Um, all right, now we're moving on to the uh, classic movie Wanted. Hmm. Oh man, it's gonna be astronomical. It has to be Morgan Freeman, Angelina Jolie. Uh, who else oh, was I was thinking, there? I was thinking Taken. I was like, oh, like in Liam Neeson, man, I'm getting my one word movies no, all no, fucking no. confused. Okay, yeah, wanted, yeah, wanted will probably be. I'm you go first, Jared. Go I can... 125, 600. I will... these are, are these in cascading order where the oh, amount of money goes lower? I'm doing them in random order. Okay, I just want to I'm just, I'm just yeah. jumping around on my list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 125, 600. I'll do 100 and 400. Hmm. You guys were closer than I thought you'd be. So Wanted was the 15th biggest film that year. Uh, okay. Uh, I didn't think I didn't realize it was that popular. Uh, budget was oh, yeah. 75. Okay. Wow. Okay. And uh, global gross was 342. That is significantly lower than I would have guessed. Wanted was a monster of a movie in my mind, I feel like. I do remember See, seeing so that. Theater. I feel like everybody talked about that movie. Yeah. I That was one of the first movies I snuck into because I wasn't. it was rated R and I was 16. I think my first one was super bad is the first one I actually snuck into. Mm. I feel like that was also a year where like Angelina Jolie was in the news a lot, so I feel like that also drove... I think that was sale. near the start of her and Brad Pitt's relationship, so that was... Probably near the, wait it. near the start of it. Yeah, didn't they didn't they start dating in like 2006 or something? Or? I don't know when did Mister Mrs. Smith come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 2005. Yeah, also a great Ta- film. Um, what was I saying? Uh, I, I think if there's anything in there that wouldn't age well. Yeah, at this point anymore, I'm like afraid to be able to throw my weight behind anything that came out in the early 2000s because somebody's yeah. gonna come back and be like, "Oh, clearly you don't remember the scene where they just like committed genocide." And it's like, "Oh fuck, no, I didn't remember they, that scene." They killed a lot of people. I don't know about genocide. <laughs> I remember. So Wanted was a big deal because that was uh, a comic book movie too. Um, oh really? Yeah, it was based off of Mark Miller, who did Kick Ass. Mm, and I did uh not know that yeah and he did i think he did kingsman also i think he's behind kingsman i just knew it was the bullet bending movie mm-hmm. yeah so that he was kind of which netflix has the miller universe and stuff and they haven't really done anything with any of his some of his projects i'm kind of interested to see what they do with but some of them are i'm kind of whatever i'm um but yeah i remember okay i was trying to think like why is wanted a bigger deal for me from what I remember. And it was cause it was a comic book. So, I mean, I just think the CGI they did with that bullet building, bullet building was like 
I feel like that was one of the points in movies where it was like, quote unquote, something we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Kind of like kind of like when we talked about the fight scenes and in like Inception, where it's like, yeah, I've never seen anybody do that in a movie before. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've never seen anybody decide to bend bullets. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Also a young Chris Pratt in that movie. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He's the roommate or the best friend mm-hmm. or whatever that's sleeping oh, with. Oh, right. Kid. He gets he smashes him with the keyboard, right? Doesn't yeah. he? Okay, yeah. I, I okay, yep. I do remember that. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, as a pivot there real quick, my first inter uh uh not interaction. My first time seeing Chris Pratt in anything actually was the super old show uh, Everwood. If you guys ever watched that, mm-hmm. you watched it. He, he, my sister watched it, so I had had some exposure to it. But he was like the, I want to say he was like a douchey older brother to the main girl. What? Um, that and, doesn't sound like him. <laughs> yeah, and and so that was I think that was like one of his very first acting gigs where he had like a major part. Um, and then so every time he'd pop up somewhere, I'd be like, dude. It's like when when I saw Parks and Rec for the first time, I was like, oh, dude, it's the douche from uh, Everwood. <laughs> And then he just totally, totally different person. And I think the first time I ever knew who he was was Parks and Rec, and then I would go back and see him in older stuff. That was my I I, I did. He was in the OC, which I love the OC. Um, but he does have yeah. It's been funny watching and seeing just I don't know. I mean that was kind of the fun with Nick and Nora too. Was just some of the cameos and stuff and seeing some of the people. Um, Myers legitimately looks like a different person. Yeah. Like yeah. he's the dude's just like I don't know, grown a lot since that film, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, Scott was saying earlier, kind of weird that they made um, Kat Dennings and Michael Sarah fall in love. Don't forget, Kat Dennings married Andrew W.K. So I think they're I engaged. Why. I don't know if they're married yet, technically, but I as they got married, I want to say that they're still engaged. But I could be wrong. But, but I mean, reg- regardless, regardless, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you have more, Michael. Uh, I have four more, but we don't have to do them all. Um, Semi-Pro, which I think we touched on last time because we started digging into Will Ferrell movies. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember if we did the numbers on it? I think I think we did. I think that we did, yeah. I'll yeah. skip it. It lost money. It lost. Yep. Yeah. It's the only one in this list that lost money. Whoa, it's the uh, only one in that list that lost money? Yep. yep. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, 27 Dresses. God, that's Cat. That Catherine Knight. That's Heigl. Yeah, it's at that. Oh, okay. I was doing that mixed up with a different one then. This one has a, a soft spot in my heart because I once photoshopped a, a picture for Sean. Uh, he, he, uh, Sean, you were driving somewhere, and you're mm. like, you tweeted, "Man, I have like 27 dead flies on my car." Mm. So then. So then I photoshopped the the poster and sent it to you, and it said 27 dead flies. And I replaced Catherine Heigl's face with, with a fly, a, a, with a picture of a fly. And now, when you Google my name, it's like the third picture. Really? <laughs> I don't know well, if it still is, but for a while, when I used to Google my name, uh, like if, if when you went to images, it was like the fifth image. Oh, it's not there anymore. Damn. And now your sister pops up, though. Elon Musk pops up. That's fun. That is. <laughs> that is I fun. Tweeted, I tweeted about him being a giant piece of shit. That's why. Uh, all right. Uh, twenty-seven dresses. I'm gonna go. I'll go first, Jared. Unless you want to go first. Uh, yeah. No, go for it. 
Okay. I have no idea what I'm going to even guess for this. Yeah, I'll do 20. 20 and 100 million. 20 hundo, as they say in the biz. Is that a rom-com? Uh, I think... It, it's, yeah. I think the whole... The premise is, like, she's always a bridesmaid, never a bride, and so she has 27 bridesmaid dresses. and Been there, uh, man. And then finally fi finds the man who will put the 28th dress, which is a wedding dress. Or like I can't quite remember. Uh, do, 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 uh, I'll go. Thirty sixty nine. Not nice. Uh, so Jared wins the budget. Um, it was thirty million. Hell yeah! Nice. Uh, gross was one hundred and sixty three million. Damn, oh, I was off by a hundred mil. Yeah, <laughs> Damn. Peak Catherine Heigl. She was, was just about starring. She was the lead in almost every. Rom-com. Rom yeah. All went away. It did. Yeah. It sure did. All right. Two more. We got uh, two classic lead actors. Seven pounds. Mm hmm. Well. Uh, and, and then the other one is Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Oh. Jimothy. Oh, with Jim. With Jim. Jimothy Carrey. Um, okay. We'll do. Uh, oh, my God. What was First movie, I already forgot. Seven pounds. Seven pounds. Yeah. Um, oh man, budget. I don't know. Will Smith. Two Will Smith movies came out that year. Seven pounds and Hancock. Oh my oh, god. Hancock, Hancock definitely lost money, didn't it? Hancock made a bunch of money. Wait, it made a bunch of money. Yes. I think it was. I love. I love Hancock, but anytime I have a conversation with somebody about Hancock, they say it's one of the worst movies they've ever seen. I think it's also uh, Jason Bateman was in that. That's yeah. one. That's one I need to watch again because I went into that. I don't remember. I remember having expectations and not being like, like, eh, like well, it's whatever. But I'm kind of curious. I, literally, I think that's the only time I've seen it. So, I Jared, Jared, for reference, uh, the budget for Hancock was 150 million, and it sense. made it made 629 million. Did it really? Wow! It Damn. outperformed Iron Man. I I legitimately don't think I've ever had a conversation with anyone about Hancock where the where it ended in where it ended positively for their they like people seem to hate that movie. What's it like? No. What's it on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, let's look. Hancock, Rotten Tomatoes. We need the concession stand tomatoes. Let's make that website. Yeah, forty one percent. Yeah, I remember uh, it being so, critically and like it was, not. It was panned. Yeah, I, I thought it was a fun movie at the time. I'm probably if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh yeah, this wasn't that great because you know I would have been fifteen or sixteen when I saw that. Uh, it it was one of the ones. So you have to remember again, peak Will Smith, mm -hmm. um, and also it's like superhero y cgi type of stuff so very big international market mm. uh it, it only made only it made 227 million domestically but internationally mm. it made 401 million. oh okay all right so interesting That's i kind of remember back like for sure yeah when did whereas, whereas, whereas nick and nora made six percent of its movie internationally so yeah, right. did um when did i am legend come out was that 2000 because I, I remember seeing the i am legend preview for dark during or no, they had the I Am Legend preview, Dark Knight preview during I Am Legend. I think. Uh, yes, I Am Legend was two thousand seven. Okay, okay. Also in the realm of uh, Will Smith making half a billion dollars. So. Yeah, I remember I Am Legend being huge. Yeah, I'm Legend um, was massive. Um, okay, so oh, did we did we did twenty seven dresses? Now we're doing Yes Man. 
seven pounds and yes or seven pounds yes sorry so seven pounds i will guess i'll guess 75 that's a drama so i don't know but it was kind of a yeah i was 75 i'll say 75 and i'll do 400 million as or as they call in the biz uh 75 four uh 65 600 uh, you both way overshot it. Wow. It's a 55 budget, 170 gross. Wow, that didn't make that much money? That was one of Will Smith's lowest returned movies. Really? He's one of the few actors, I think, who he's never had a film uh, under 100 million gross. Uh, but that was one of his lowest ones. Interesting. Who's the other? Isn't like Tom Cruise? Isn't Tom Cruise another one that's like... Yeah, Tom Cruise always... is another one. There's also a, a female actress who I'm blanking on right now who also has never had below 100 million, and I can't remember who. Is it, what is it, like Julia Roberts or something? Probably. Or maybe it's Meryl Streep. No, it's probably Julia Roberts. Meryl Streep's been in too many other things to for that to be true. Also, her career goes back like 40 years, so nothing was making that much back then. Uh, okay, Yes Man, last one. 30... 20, 30, 25 one, I this movie. 150 that's Zoe Deschanel I do remember this is a Zoe Deschanel movie and Jay um, Baruchel is in it I don't know if Jay Baruchel is in it I just wanted to say his name again incorrectly uh, uh, dang it I already looked just go for it uh, the, the manager is the dude from the, also the manager from Flight of the Concords oh Reese Davey Darby yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's the Jim Carrey's manager in this, because then remember he invites him to the Harry Potter watchathon. <laughs> They're all dressed up as mm-hmm. characters. Uh, budget of seventy. Wow! Goodness gracious! Yeah, that's, that's a lot. The global gross was two hundred and twenty-three. I cannot believe this movie made two hundred twenty-three million dollars. I can't believe it cost that much. That's Jim a Carrey. lot. Yeah. Oh, again, Jim Carrey. Both wow. Cost and- pretty. Pretty huge cast, though. Yeah. Well, not I wouldn't say huge. Decent. I mean, Bradley Cooper, Zoe Deschanel, mm-hmm. John Michael Higgins, Reese Darby, unfortunately, Danny Masterson. Uh, oh yeah. Stamp. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that we've seen before. Cooper wasn't big at that point, was he? When did? Yes. Who? Bradley Cooper. Like I don't think he no, was. Yeah, that, that would have been pretty early in in his. I mean, what? This is this is oh eight, right? So yeah, when did, he, uh, he'd been in enough roles for people to know him, but he was still playing mostly side characters or, yeah. or like the best man or whatever adjacent, yeah, you know, the best friend or something. Oh, so yeah, this was a year before The Hangover. Yeah, so but he I was. Mean, he, he also yeah. had already been in Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. So the, he was the Jay Baruchel to Seth Rogen in uh in Knocked Up. The Jay Baruchel of Seth Rogen. And did you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. You, you heard me. You. you got me. Okay. Yeah, Jay Baruchel. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Failure, failure to launch. That was his first. Oh, with Matthew Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Okay. One of his first big side roles. Okay. 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 That's the old that's the old McConaughey expression, right? With Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Did you all see What Hot American Summer when it came out, or was that more of a movie you saw later in life? I saw it later. I saw it when the show came out. Oh wow! You didn't, okay, you didn't see it until the show came out. Okay, yeah. I saw it later in life just because of uh, my partner. And I can't remember if it was one of those movies that was really popular when it came out, 
in general or if it also had like a late revival it, it was it was I absolutely it. a cult hit i don't think it performed okay. well at all but it had basically every single comedian who's famous nowadays in it back then before they were big yeah it's really interesting to watch that after bradley cooper had his like rise because his comedic timing in white hot american summer is actually pretty good and i mean um, a bunch be like paul rudd was yeah, in there before yeah. his like that's fucking loaded who else uh gene garofalo david hyde pierce michael yeah. showalter uh christopher maloney 80 miles Molly shannon ken marino Joe Trujillo, like that movie is stacked. Yeah. Amy Amy yeah. Poehler, Elizabeth Banks. So, um, uh, I can't find information on the budget. Let me just look over here. Oh no! Was back okay. when uh, the budget, old David budget Wayne was, Showalter. This movie was a massive flop. Uh, the budget for Wet Hot American Summer was five million. Uh, it made two hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars. That's pretty so, bad. That's pretty now bad. I mean, now it's great. Like that's. Right. A, I'm uh, sure. I mean, oh old, yeah. Also, um, what's his name? H. John Benjamin was in it. Yeah. I, this seems like one that didn't make its money back until like nine years after it came out. Like once it started getting that cult following and of just like growing and growing. I can't believe Yes Man made that much money. I remember nothing <laughs> about that movie. Yeah, Jim Carrey and um, I know Will, I saw Will it. Smith I think I even saw it in theaters. Polls. I think internationally, they're both they both could pull a lot of people just because they they were like universally American actors who do good things. Well, it's also Carrey. Carrey. Carrey probably is like maybe one or two movies off that list of uh, not making a hundred. Yeah. Um, he's had some flops. Uh, but probably. Overall, not that many. I wonder how much the number 23 made. Because a I weird movie. Was, I bet it was under 100 million. I love that movie. It's terrible. 77 million. Damn, that made 77 million. It should have made 23. It should have made 23. When uh, like that kind of movie was popular like that like suspense thriller ish yeah type thing mm -hmm. 2007 came out the like, same year disturbia know, with shia labeouf came yeah. out yeah shia the goof i don't know the i don't know the right word to like describe those kinds of films but right like... now i got you Alrighty, my dudes i feel like we're uh we're at our wrap-up spot here yes yeah yeah. So. yeah yeah i would agree yeah. I want you both to say yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean. Jared. Okie dokie. God damn it, Jared. All right. I don't know what to do. God, you're such a rebel. I love it. That's why I love you. Micah, you're going to be picking the movies for next week, and then we're going to start doing some, uh, some themed... Well, actually, no. I think what we're going to be doing... This is me throwing this out there right now, but this could change. Which, if you want to stay up to date, join our Discord, because that's where we have all of uh, these updates of what the podcast is going to be doing. But I think right now, Michael will be doing his movies, so vote for those in the Discord. And then we're planning to have uh, our good friend Ryan, or as some of you may know, Dr. Mick, on here to do the uh, Hot Fuzz rewatch that, uh, yeah, okay. that he uh, absolutely fucking loathes and makes 
zero sense to the three of us. Um, so we will, uh, I- I'm going to be honest. If he doesn't like the movie, I will probably yell at him. So this will be, it will be a good time. Cause I genuinely do not fucking understand. And I will say it again. Yeah. I do not understand. I know his sense of humor. Why does he not like that movie? I don't fucking know. So I'm excited. I'm getting heated just thinking about it. So, but I'm just curious, do we need to watch the movie for that review? Yeah, no, you don't have to. I mean, it's up okay, to you. Right. Um, cool, I, cool, cool. I, I will I'll t- probably rewatch it just because yeah. I love it. But. Yeah, I will. I will touch up on it again just just so in case he throws like random things that it's just like I don't know. Yeah, I'm just more genuinely curious. I want him. I wish I could watch it with him. Because I want to see. You probably could. I I don't want to spend that much time with Ryan. So, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So that will be two hours. Yeah, that's that's too long with Ryan. What I will do. So Discord, Discord for this week and podcast for this coming week will be Micah's picks. So that will be in the pod poll channel of Discord. So go ahead and vote when you, uh, we get those up. Hopefully, uh, sometime today or tomorrow. It'll and be then, today. It might not be for a few hours, but it should be today. Okay. And then, yes, we will plan for Dr. Mick to join us the following week where we will roast his ass about hot fuzz. Unless he likes it, and then I'll be genuinely surprised and happy. But well, It's literally two hours and one minute. Okay. It might be too long for him. I don't know. We'll see. He uh, it just makes me, makes me mad and sad all at once. What do they call that? What's mad and sad? Uh, disappointed. Yes, both of those. Feelings. I have feelings. Life. So, Micah, are you going to be doing a theme for your pod poll? Or are you going to be doing... Uh, I don't know. Should I do a theme? I have a short list of, of movies I've been trying to come up with. And mo- generally, it's just ones I love. I did, while we were sitting here, I added a couple rom-coms I really love. Mm. So, I, I, I can't decide. At first, I was just going to do, like, my favorites. But then I feel like I've forced you to watch Shawshank Redemption so many times that I should I should not include it. I on, mean, on I, I, it's 100 up to you. I mean, this the beauty of the this is your week to do what you want with this I know, list. So I know I I'm I'm trying to think. My favorites are too hard, which is why I did uh, yeah. hidden gems. Yeah, because I felt like that was an easier category for me to whittle things down. Oh man, Micah, or sorry, uh, Skog put in some alliteration. I'm a sucker for alliteration. She put Micah's masterpieces, and that's a. That's some nice alliteration right there. I'm a sucker for that stuff. But yeah, look for uh, I, yeah. Look at the Discord later today. It'll be in there at some point, and we will uh, we'll get that to you. And uh, yeah, all of our socials and things down in the information. If you want to follow us there, we appreciate you all being here and listening uh, for this afternoon. Which it's weird seeing myself with sunlight coming through yeah, the window. Same. So that's kind of strange to me. Um. But yeah, yeah, I guess see you later, Jared. Yeah, catch, Jared catch. just disappeared. Yeah. Like my my internet dropped out for a second and my nah, video was still there on the vibe. Nah, nah. So I thought I picked it up, but I have to nah. like resign in. No, no, it's fine. Just you're already checking out. I get it. Sorry. I get back. Oh, there he is. Dude, what's there up, Jared? All right, well, we'll start this over. So, hey, guys, welcome to the concession. <laughs> I heard, I still heard everything my camera just got. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, I'm, now you're no, here. The, the whole thing's supposed to happen in one take. So now, since you cut out, we have to start the whole podcast. Right. Again. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Anyway, so Nick and Nora's <laughs> Shitfinite playlist. Come. Jesus Christ. I like it. I'm just roasted. Five out of five for me. Yank and Shay. Five out of five. A perfect. That's, it's a, this is a perfect movie for me. Yeah. This is a perfect. 
we just discussed yeah. the glaring flaws of this movie that are problematic. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should start each of us rating things at the end. Should we do that? I, I, I would. I don't want to wait, do it. Wait, can we, can we had some. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's not a perfect movie. I wouldn't give it a five out of five. It's not a perfect movie for you? No, I mean, there's flaws. So I can't. I don't know if I could give it a perfect, you know, per se. There are things that are upsetting in the film now based on mm. where we're at with this. So I can't say I, it's. I, would, I, would, I, yeah. I still enjoy the movie. I accept it with its flaws, but there are problems with the film. So yeah, okay, I'd say Shaun of the Dead. Five point five out of seven. Can we do a scale? Let's do it out of seven. I want to do a scale out of seven. I don't want to do five. Five. Five is too five limiting. Seven. Just it, it just feels right. Why not eight? That's too. Because that's seven, that's, seven's, that's too, too far. Even. That's yeah. too. That's too seven, far, Jared. Seven, Jesus Christ. Really? Just the right perfect distance between five and ten. Yeah, can but you, seven. You can't give it like a half. You have hey, to, what are you going to give it? Six and a half. Six and a half out of seven. No. More precision. Nine, no. Eight's too far. Five's too little. Seven's hey, we're perfect. Nine, all, nine all, in favor, all in favor of voting <laughs> out of seven. Damn. Chat. Chat. Anybody? We can just pick our own systems. Everyone's got to remember our own system of rating, and it'll be a nightmare. It'll be like, okay, wait, wait. Sean does out of seven. Jared's eight. Micah just. You know what? Micah. Oh, pass or fail. How about that? Micah, Screw you guys. Wow. Go. This movie fucking yeah. sucks. Ignore a pass. Okay. That's bold. We'll see how that pays plays off in some of these reviews. I'm curious. Okay, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Nick and Nora two out of seven. Two out of seven. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Three and a half out of seven for me. Wait, cr- criminally low. No. Criminally. no, I'm excited to find a movie that I enjoy and you just you just don't like, and I'll say the same oh, thing. Maybe, fine. maybe that should be our theme every week: is one person has to hate it and one you person have, has to love it. You have to. We're sitting there talking, like, dude. I, I love it, dude. I I loved. Oh man, I guess yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm doing my passive fail system, so sorry, man does not pass. Uh, that's a that's a big big W for me. That's a big pass. What? That's a I, that's a pass out of seven for me. What do, oh, okay. So we've done Swiss Army Man, Shaun of the Dead, and Nick and Nora. <laughs> Mike is just uh, combining systems. Yes. Wait, I'm missing one. Or did we? We Spider-Man? did Spider Man. Oh yeah, Spider Verse. Okay. Guys, so we, don't, we, three, we don't. Three passes, one fail for me so far. We don't have that long of an episode list here. We can't even remember the movies we've done so far. I got three of them. You did. We're on our fourth. Welcome to episode four, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Wait, no, we're leaving. We're not coming back into the podcast. I forgot. I'm going to start with my pass or fail season from now on, by the way. I hope you know that. That's fine. I'm going to to stick with my uh, trademark seven. Yeah, I'll probably do seven. And then, uh, well, Michael was combining them too, so he's doing pass yeah, out of seven. Also throwing a, pa- a pass out of seven. Yeah, so. that's, that's just uh, every time you confusing. Rate a pass or failure, you owe me five bucks trademark. So, <laughs> damn, damn, like you registered that so fast, you just decided that right now. I know people. I, I, I got a guy. I got a guy. Did he work on Swiss? He worked. He worked on Swiss Army Man too. I bet, didn't he? That showbiz baby. Oh my gosh! Pass out of seven. What, baby, no, that's show. That's showbiz. That's steal that's, a very popular one and make it mine by adding baby onto the end of it. God, dude, you're just I'm on fire. You, I'm telling you, that classic Jared, baby. I yeah, it's becoming a classic Jared. I just got word back. It's copyrighted. Uh, every time you use it, that's uh, ten dollars. That one's more. Jesus Christ, dude, who is this guy? That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> oh shit! I want to say it now. It's like I I can't say it. God, this is. 
turning into all things. Sorry, Dad. Also, how are we just glossing over this? Like, we did not spend enough time on this in the beginning of the episode, by the way. Michael just go in baby boy LaCroix. That is a ridiculous nickname. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, I think we're opening the door from our previous podcast that Mike yeah. and I did together where he was diving into some what what he used to he used to start every podcast with a new nickname so I'd say hey, what's up it's your boy Mike and the inner aka uh uh lil lil baby Adderall on the streets just like I just come up with a random set of names and, and yeah so that door's my, been my favorite, my favorite that's ever stuck is baby boy LaCroix baby I mean if you like LaCroix I think it fits yeah uh, Sarah just gave a great suggestion, uh, which you now owe her fifty dollars for. Fifty up with the lawyers. Jesus um, fucking Christ! With the why team. don't why don't you do all your ratings in Rudy Paws? Oh shit! So like, do I have to just do four? Because Rudy's only got four. So it's out of four, Rudy Paws. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's yeah. I guess that's what. So Mike is out of seven. I'm out of mine's Rudy Paws. Okay, god Ooh, damn it. You should you should this... do it out of you should give it Rudy's. Okay. You should give it Rudy's. We're gonna call it Rudy's. And then you give it four paws. But if it's like an outstanding movie, then you give it four paws and a boop on the snoot. A boop on the snoot. Okay. Do both you and Sarah have Venmo? Because I clearly have to pay you guys for these. <laughs> it's these it's ideas. fine. I know where you live. It's fine. I know where you live. It's fine. The, the lawyers the lawyers will get my money. Jesus Christ. This podcast just got so much more expensive than I anticipated. For me, that's not even that's true. <laughs> no, you can't say it, Mikey. You owe him money now. God. That's, that's five bucks, buddy. That's five uh, bucks, baby. Trust, trust that you forward the money for me. Yeah, yeah. As, I'll just as, as uh, accounts. Yeah, I'll just throw it on the fucking tab. Just keep a tab. Let him know. Okay. Okay. I'll do out of Rudy's. I'll do. I'll remember this. I'm gonna fucking forget. I know it. But it'll you're, be you're, you're Rudy's. Micah's seven, and I'm pass or fail. Okay. I love. Oh man, Consistency, baby! <laughs> Everyone's systems. We need a conversion chart too, so someone can do the math here. If uh, if we need to, Jared's is the most confusing. Make, uh, you're gonna have to make a whole new scene where you can. I can pop spins. in the pause. Yeah, you can. You can pop in your oh. pause in that corner. You can pop in my P slash F in this corner. And pop in. I will. I will so, do that. So that would be fun. So what's what's your score of Nick and Nora on your new scale? Um, out of Rudy's, uh, I I would probably give it two and a half Rudy's out of I guess out of four. Well, what were you expecting? I already gave no. It's technically out of five because you get it's the four paws and then the nose. So it's so it's out of the, five. The, the nose feels yeah. like a bonus accolade. Like yeah, the boop on the nose the, is like the, the that, nose that is was like four the, with a standing ovation versus yeah. like the star on top of the Christmas tree. It's like you know it's like, extra. Yeah, like you gotta you gotta work for that one. You yeah, know? yeah. So my system. So I was right. It's two and a half out of four. No, it's out of five. No, you just said it's. Ex- we just established it's extra. It's like no, a, it's, no, it's an extra, extra thing. This extra isn't even is your system, Jared. This is my system. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. You owe me money for this system. But yeah, it's in writing. That's okay? fine. Watch out. God. But no, it's not. It's not extra. That's like a, like if you get there, that means you reach the pinnacle of the rating system. The snoot is is the 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 dream, the goal. So it's out of five. It's like I, a Michelin star. I disagree. The, the, the snoot is the is the fourth Michelin star. Which again, I don't really know why there's four Michelin stars. That's kind of weird. I thought there was only three. I thought it was four. I'm pretty sure it's three. Hold on. <laughs> Sean, are we, are, are we able to? Are you able to do a thing that 
at the end when we're doing our reviews, you can throw up a little graphic that like as each of us puts in our rating, it's like boot, Jared, bail. I can or, and then like Sean, two paws, Micah, six out of seven, or like whatever. Uh, it's three stars. It would require I I mean I can I can do something of that scale. I'll have to mess around with it this week and see. But yeah. that would be kind of funny to have a system like that for people to watch and see. Yeah. But I, I I saw Scog's comment about like swoosh rating coming in. I was like, oh, that would actually be really cool. Like Sean mm-hmm. goes like, um, I'm gonna give it one and a half paws, and then it's just like for punk, and it's just like one and a half paws <laughs> appears on the screen. I would build suspense, and I wouldn't say what it is, and I would just slowly start appearing, and then I would stop. You know, like there's a lot of things we can do with this this yeah. rating system that is it's different for each of us, and Jared and I are gonna still, argue about. I still want to do the thing where I gym the uh, can my P or my F have a sound effect that's like, you know, it like swooshes in, but then it's like a uh, metal sound. It's like, swooping. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. These yeah, are things yeah. we can talk about when we're not on the pod. I love that we discuss these things on we the podcast. Do, we could do this in a place where Sean doesn't have to cut it out later. <laughs> the, the unfortunate thing is everybody is... I don't know is, any of this out. This is our personality. Yeah. Let's do it if you want. All right. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is I won't cut this out. So sorry, yeah. Dad. Again. Sorry, so, sorry Tom. Yeah. Sorry again, and everybody hopefully, else is listening. Hopefully, or... on the podcast before this point. Yeah. Why, why are we catering to your sure. dad right now? Okay. Because <laughs> he sounds, I know. Like, sounds like a great guy. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I give him a P or an F because I don't really know anything about him. Oh, big, <laughs> big old P. But big this old is showbiz, baby. Seven for right. Tom. This is what you get. This is part of the package. Jesus Christ. I'm, yeah, maybe this will be in there. I don't know. We're gonna find out. It'll probably be in there. I won't cut it. This is funny. Cater to no man. That's true. That's true. If you, you can't you can't have me at my best you, the other way. Can't have me at my worst. Can't have me. This is actually this isn't my worst. This is pretty funny. I like this. Oh, sweet Jesus. All right. Anyway, guys, if you're still here, thank you. Um, like the stream. That stuff helps. Appreciate that. And um, yeah, usual stuff. Socials are down there. Go follow those if you don't already, and you want to stay up to date with us. And if you want to vote on. The things we talk about next, make sure you're uh, you follow the Discord because all that's all that fun stuff happens in there, and we will definitely get that out later today. I'm just repeating myself from uh, from 15 minutes ago because we went on a heavy rant here. Update your letterboxes. Oh yeah, yeah, good call, good call. All right, friends, for real though, I think I think we're leaving this time. See you next time, guys. You, this has been your host, Sean Houlihan. Your, you, this has been your most, Jared, and this has been not Colin Jost, but Mike Niedmer, because I ran out of rhymes with the word most. We gotta, we gotta work on these. Host, yeah. most, post. This has uh, been your post. post.